Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 269, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. This show is made possible by... The Herbal Cache at the Real Herb Market. Forged, wildcrafted, and selected with care, botanical goodness is what you get when you pop by the Herbal Cache. Find them at therealherbmarket.com slash shop slash theherbal dash cache. Sassy Llama Apothecary at the Real Herb Market. Plants are joy... And that's exactly what you'll find when you try one of Leslie's herbals at Sassy Lama Apothecary. She creates grounded, practical, and absolutely joyful tea blends, skincare products, and more. Find them at therealherbmarket.com slash shop slash Sassy Lama. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. So, you want to make more money? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, the thing is, is that she's, you know, Anna Rosa, you know, we talked to her last week. She's got, you know, these great ideas, you know, she's, you know, in her middle age, like, you know, you and I are, and uh, she's going to start this, you know, nonprofit organization to help refugees. I mean, kudos. Uh, but like she said, how do you fund something like that? And you made some comments before we started recording about how, you know, COVID threw a real curveball on a lot of people's finances last year and what they were going to be doing. So um, we were kind of coming up with a topic of like, you know, what can we talk about on this group chat? And, and you said, well, make money. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, you make it sound so dry. I was thinking a lot about how I mean, Anna Rosa, she's so, she's inspiring and she's excited about what she's doing and she has these great ideas and she just, Nothing stops her. She just, nothing stops her. Well, I think. And I think that that's something that I wish I had as a quality in my life. I wish I could say my heart speaks and I just know and I just do it. And each step appears before me, like, you know, Magneto walking across that. Sure. Thing in the movie, <laughs> you know, with the right, the, the, yeah, yes. the metal come up. Uh, we, For we those people it. who didn't see the movie, all then, these, he's, no spoilers. He's, he's <laughs> making all these metal pieces just appear, and he steps on each one, and they appear just perfectly timed for him. And that's like Anna Rosa, <laughs> you know. And then there's me going, uh, I want to move the metal. <laughs> How do you move the metal? Huh. Now, I, all of us, I think herbalists or not herbalists, many, many of us have struggled with finances at some point and wanting to make more money at some point in our lives. And for us, you and I are, we're middle-aged and it, it's a hard, kind of a hard time in the human experience, no matter what's happening in life around you. Just because, you know, you hit this point and somehow it seems like 50 seems to be the magic number and you hit 50 and then suddenly it's like, well, half my life is over. What have I done? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it becomes oh. this big time of reflection. And um, and when we were younger, they said, oh, you're 50, you'll have the big house and you'll be going on vacations and it'll be golf every Saturday and, you know, you'll be driving really fancy cars and... That's definitely no, I think it's it's kind of like definitely not the pick way. your poison or pick your thing, but not you don't get it all. Yeah, yeah. Unless you've really, you know, done, you know, were lucky or fortunate or had the correct career or did the right thing. And, you know, for our generation, I think we were the last generation um, that can can easily do that or has been easily been able to do that. 
the next generations after us, it's, it's really a lot harder for them. Yeah. All around and, the board. And even our generation, a large percentage of us have struggled. You know, it's taken two incomes to make that happen instead of just one like our parents had. I blame I blame Hughes. I blame 16 Candles. I blame Weird Science. I blame... You do a lot of blaming. I do a lot of blaming because yeah, <laughs> that, that was my impression of what it was supposed to be. Like everyone yeah. had was that wealthy. Right. I mean, Ferris Bueller, yeah, was running around with a half a million dollar sports car. Right. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so my my um, my 80s upbringing was very much a um, counter to my actual upbringing. What I saw in movies was different. So I think we grew up with different expectations and um, we were able to do – I don't think we did better than our parents. For the, I think – I'm saying as a generation on whole. Our whole generation. I'm not saying individuals. I'm saying on a generation on whole. Yeah, our generation has been described as the first generation to not exceed or do better than our yeah, parents did. We've, we've, you know, uh, no. we've maintained, I would say. Barely. Barely. Yeah. But we have. Um, but on maybe. the same token, what we – what we have versus what you know our kid is facing at 18 and what the, the mountain that he's got to climb to get to where we're at is substantial, not just with oh, COVID, yeah. uh, but just in general. You know, when you were thinking about 50, how you reflect on what you've done and where you've been and, and you've amassed all this knowledge. But when you look at all the things that one does now to, you know, get a job, to do the things, to do all that stuff, it's like the technology and everything you know is already changing so fast that you know, it gets to be it gets to be intimidating to try to do anything to start new because you have to learn all this stuff again. It's like, you know, my our son says, "Well, you know, I just want to learn it and be done." It's like you're never going to be done. You're always going to have to learn something. You have to learn yeah. every time, and it's really frustrating. And I can see it even in myself not wanting to do certain certain things or learn certain things or realizing that that knowledge that I had, I it, it's not even viable anymore. It's so out of date that you can't use it. So it becomes harder as when you're at this age to move forward, I think, sometimes. I mean, not everybody, you know. I mean, you know, you and I are, are blessed. Our generation is also blessed with the fact that we watch technology change from, you know, from zero to where we're at now. Yeah, and we're currently very instrumental in the changes that technology, that happen with technology, how programming is done, the metaphors used to create the language on the screen that you're going to use to interface or to connect with or make things happen with your computer mm -hmm. is defined by our generation. Right. And yeah. it's, at least right now it's being defined by us. So the metaphors that we're using are familiar to us. Right. They're not as familiar to our elders and the youngins are trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right. When you say, re you know, put it on tape or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even you know, yeah. even now it's play, pause, stop, rewind, fast forward. These are all yeah. terms from, you know, cassettes or CDs or things when we were doing that when we were younger. But, you know, with Anna Rosa, we, you know, she's saying, hey, I want to do this nonprofit. I want to do all these things. And, you know, one of the ways that she's, you know, figured that she could do that because she didn't want to necessarily um, stand on government, um, not just subsidies, but grants and all those things was to, well, I'm going to do it myself. And, and I made the, 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 the comment, you know, hey, okay, so you're doing it yourself. Can you let us in on how you're doing it? Because I, I'm sure everybody else is asking the same question. How, how do I do it too? Right. You yeah. Know? yeah. And that got me thinking about, you know, uh, our audience and who listens to us. And uh, a lot of them are herbalists. Mostly are the herbalists or people that are really care about herbs. And 
you know, a lot of them are probably sitting you know, in their kitchens, you know, drinking their herbal tea right now thinking, yeah, I want to, I want to do something too. I want to make some money with this. I love mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I, you know, and a lot of, a lot of people, the herbalism isn't their primary. A lot of times it's their, it's, and I don't want to say side hustle, but it's their side job. It's the thing they love to do and they you know, want to make a little extra money on the side with it because they're doing a job maybe that pays the bills, you know, right. and they want to switch over so that the, the thing they love to do is the thing that pays the money. Right. Yeah. We've got that whole, you know, follow your bliss thing from, is it Joseph Campbell? Yeah, him he and, said you that. know, the, yeah, if you love what you well, do, that, you, never, you know, work a day in your life kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah, get it. Yeah. Well, Joseph Campbell said, follow your, follow your bliss and the rest will fall into place. He pretty much coached us to figure out what we love doing and then the world or the universe would rearrange our lives or open the path for us to do that. And... I don't know that that's been very accurate in my experience. Well, I think it's funny too because I'm like listening to that. It's like, oh, he did not live in apparently the upper Midwest. No, Uh, he did not live in in, uh, stoic, cold environments where you know you have to toil and in trouble, and then maybe you can follow your bliss later on, but not not you know not from from five eight to four thirty. Well, I think I've thought I've been thinking about that for a few years now because I I was young and I said, Oh, follow your bliss. That's what I'm going to do. And I really tried and I really failed in part because the things that are blissful and joyful to me at the time, I couldn't make a living doing it or I couldn't find a path to make a living doing it. So I had to do the drudgery to make money and then I could do the blissful things in my downtime. But I never found a way to really translate the blissful stuff into my daily job for, you know, for years. And even now, my job is not necessarily making me tons of money all the time. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, I absolutely know what you mean. I mean, but, you know. But, uh, but I thought about it and I thought, you know, the part that he didn't mention to us is that your bliss is actually, like Anna Rosa said, it's in your heart and it, it is about following your heart but it isn't necessarily following it blindly. I mean, she's following her heart and she has done and the world's opened up because she's been strategic and intelligent about what she's doing. She's been clear about her intentions. She's had her why, why she's doing whatever she's doing. And it isn't a little why it isn't just to pay my bills. Yeah. I mean, she's got that why too. I'm sure. I mean, obviously you have to pay your bills, but but she's got a much bigger intention and that's the bliss part that she's following. Right. And, uh, that's the, that's the fun part for her. I mean, it's, and it's taking her time to craft that, mm-hmm. you know, that idea. And it does take time to craft that, you know, um, you and I are fortunate. We, we generally like what we do and, and continue to do that. And, you know, um, it's fun in a way cause you, you talk about, you know, you're, one of the telltale signs when people are talking about what they do when they start talking about the people mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and not the job itself, then you know for a fact that they're they're not gonna last very much longer. Right. You know, right. they're selling them on the idea. And I did it too, and we all do oh, it, but it's one of those those key things. Oh, I you, love the people I work yeah, with. You know, really what you like is the paycheck and you're and you're putting up with everything else. And you like the people, you know, sure, but you'll find yeah. people you like anywhere. And that yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and and that same idea how it keeps people from moving on too because they don't want to restart. But I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, for you and I, it's I, 
when I complain about things is I don't say I just you know I really I really like the clients I, I work for you know I really you know I mean and, you do like them but know, but what I'm saying more <laughs> along the lines is that I enjoy the whole process yeah you know the good yeah. and the bad and you know I enjoy the successes I you know just like the failures like everybody else but yeah. I'm never you know, I don't think in the you know years that I've been doing this that you've heard me say other than if it's a job if it's in my field and it's a job I don't like that I'll talk about people yeah. but typically I'm always talking about the job the thing the stuff I'm doing not whether or not I'm you know, hanging around with the people you know right. the people are good. no people make a good environment don't get me wrong you got crappy people I mean a good job can go bad too yeah but I'm just saying you know so we come back to that idea of bliss and following what you love to do and that and and if you find a career that you like you can weather a lot of stuff and you know, I found that career and I've been one of the lucky few that I know of that I hopped around when I was much, much younger, um, you know, in college and that. But now with what I've done, I've been, I've been doing this this career for 25 years, if you can believe that one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I'm still moving into it and still doing more and taking what I've learned to build other ideas and other things. So a lot the same side, the same way that you are as an herbalist, if you've done this for many years, you might get to that point where you're going to say, you know, I think I want to I want to sell stuff and I think I, I want to make I want to raise money for whatever that is if it is if it's to fund a nonprofit or if it's to you know, pay for your your mortgage at your house or whatever it is you you say mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to make more money and so you decide I'm going to do that and then you decide well how am I going to do that and that's mm -hmm. where we end with that how and that's why I, that's why I said what I said to her is well, it's great let us in on what you're doing <laughs> you know for Ro Van Rosa she went from this from her market of Iceland, which is a very lucrative market for her because there's not many herbalists in her country. Right. But there's also not a lot of people in her country either. Right. I think Reykjavik is 200,000, if that, yeah. for population. And that's the big city. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. so everything else is smaller than that. Yeah. So I think the entire population of Iceland is less than Portland, which is about Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could be even less than that. Yeah. So that market gets full. There's not that many people that are going to be buying it. You think about percentages and you yeah, know, who's yeah. in durable stuff. So the only way for her to do it was to expand. So she did. So she sells to Canada. She sells to the U.S. and she sells to the U.K. All English right. speaking for her and easy to, to ship. And that's what she did. And her sales have gone through. And she's done more and more and more. And she's yeah. doing the things that she wants to do. And it, from what it sounds like, I mean, the only the only thing, the reason why she didn't do everything she wanted to do was COVID put a wrench in everything last year. Yeah. You know, for being yeah. able to travel, being able to move things around, being able to do stuff, COVID really stopped a lot of a lot of that for many people. Yeah, you know? pandemics will do that. They'll yeah. kind of do that. You know, even for us, you know, we had to hunker down and we had to change things. Mm -hmm. You know, we we did we did other things. We did you know the 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 um, herbs, herbs in action, action summit. COVID summit. We you know we kept moving forward on doing the things that we were doing, and we also decided that you know for us we decided well, hey we're going to help herbalists. More so than, you know, having them write for us and, you know, talking about them on the Real Liberals and Radio, we decided that we're going to take it one step further and maybe offer them a place to where they can sell their their stuff and open it up to a large national market where they never had that before. Right. Because so many herbalists start off and they're, you know, they're at their store, you know, their local their local place where they have stuff on the counter and they, you know, that, that's what they do. Or they have a website that, you know, their, their clientele goes to to buy stuff. But... What if they could open that up? You know, right? You know, ours isn't the only tool, but there are other ones. I have a list of, of tools for people to to expand their marketplace. We're excited to announce that Ivory Isis Herbals is opening here at the Real Herb Market. Tanya Rose Rounds. 
works magic with plants and natural ingredients to create an array of tasty herbal beautiful beauty and skincare products. Rooted in Ozark herbal tradition, Tanya's got connections that extend from ancient times to modern era. We know you're going to love the Ivory Isis Herbals line of herbal products. Find them at therealherbmarket.com slash shop slash ivory dash Isis dash herbals. Well, I was just thinking about the why behind everything. And I love that Anna Rosa has her why very clear. And you had your, your why has changed, you know, why you do design work has changed a little bit here and there through the years. It's been very basic in that, you know, why do you do that? You you do the job because it generally makes you happy to do it and it keeps a roof over your head. Just Yeah, well, you know. the, yeah, the why for me was very much... Um, um, and you also like helping other people. You, know. you like problem solving... In for with other businesses on you know helping them figure out how to make their marketing better, how to improve their bottom line. You love seeing your clients' businesses improving. Yeah, yeah, well that yeah that is a that is my uh, the why. Uh, like I like seeing other people succeed. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I and I my hope is that by seeing others succeed, I will succeed because the more people succeed, then they'll say, "Hey, Patrick, help me," then you know, I can succeed. Yeah. So it fuels that. Um, so yeah, that's my why. So I guess, you know, you're, that's a good point before you can get into the how you have to ask the why, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. And for me, the, I've, I've struggled with what is the why for why I do the practical herbalist and real herbalism radio and now the real herb market. And it's something that I've been looking at and asking myself about for years. I mean, there are times where it's tiring where, you know, I've got a mountain of work, not nearly enough time to get it done, and I'm stressed out because deadlines are coming and, you know, why am I doing this? And it always comes back to helping people connect with the plants. It always comes back to that. Well, and that's the, and that's the motto or the slogan, if you will, with the, for the back of the road, helping people yeah. connect to plants. Yeah, and part of the point of this podcast is to say, hey, these are real plants. They're really actually quite easy. Real people use them. You know, let's let's meet Anna Rosa, and you can actually get to know the person behind all of the glamour that you see when you listen to most of the other interviews that you're going to hear and read the work that this, you know, author has written or whatever. And, you know, now let's meet this herbalist for real and have an actual real conversation with him or her. And, you know, the real herb market is about helping herbalists and and people who love making herbal products connect with people who really appreciate and love herbal products. Maybe they do some of their own at home, maybe not. I mean, I make my own herbals, but I also buy herbals from other people. Because, you know, there are things I don't want to do. I don't want to distill that much. I mean, the idea sounds like it'd be fun, but I don't necessarily see myself investing in a still and and doing the whole thing. I'd rather buy them from someone like Rebecca at Palmer Pond Botanicals. I can do that now if I want. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to somebody that, that, um, you know, like I could brew beer. Yeah. But, you know, I don't have the time to brew beer. And I'm blessed in an area that has a lot of breweries. Yep. So yeah. I can say, oh, I'm just going to go buy the style of beer that I want to have versus right. going to, to make it, you know, and it's that luxury, that ability to do that. Yeah. And there are things that I, I mean, I know there are plenty of people who listen to the podcast, who read, you know, the Practical Herbalist, who just are in the world living and doing, and they 
would love to connect with some of these herbalists and be able to easily buy their product. And I like helping people connect with one another. I like helping people learn how to build better relationships and, you know, make connections with Mm -hmm. each other. So for me, doing the real herb market is about helping people make all those connections to each other and using the plants as a part of, you know, a core piece of that connection, the love of the plants and the love of herbalism and the love of mother earth. I mean, that's when it comes back down to it. If you love the plants, you tend to love the earth as well. And that's part of what's really important to me is that we humans treat this earth with love and care and respect as we would a revered mother because she's the only one we got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish that, um, I wish that mentality would cross over to most people, but. But it was slowly you know. as, as we help more and more people connect with herbalists who are making amazing herbal products, that mentality starts to spread. It starts to grow. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are seeing things, COVID is, did, the pandemic was definitely not a straight up blessing, but there are pieces of the pandemic that have some silver lining. There's some silver linings here. Sure. And one of them is that more and more mainstream people have started to understand, you know, just become familiar with words like immune system mm-hmm. and antiviral and, you know, learning about how to take better care of themselves. They're becoming more and more aware that plants can help them get rid of inflammation. And inflammation is one of the key pieces to COVID and how, you know, the people that have the worst experiences tend to be, have more problems with inflammation. Mm -hmm. And so people are becoming aware that a way to prevent COVID is to go for the anti-inflammatory, which means a lot of plants because plants are one of the key pieces to helping us reduce and and prevent inflammation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not a great way to have come about to this point, but at least we are making progress. More people looking for good herbal teas, for instance. They can find them at the real herb market. Right. And hopefully they'll start to get to know the herbalists and the real people. You know. Yeah, I mean the thing is that what I like about you know that is that they you know as a as a as a buyer there you can actually communicate directly with the with the herbalist. Yeah, and you can get to know you know the real people who are making these products, and the mm-hmm. products are all made by hand. Right. And it, this isn't like buying from some giant conglomerate company where no there's no real human connection to what's what's being made and what's happening we need the real human connection just like we need real plants. And I like the idea that, you know, you can be somebody in, um, you know, in the middle of America and, and work with or talk to an herbalist, a small herbalist that's making desert herbs that yeah. could help you. Right. Um, and you have access to that, which you didn't have before. And in turn, that person that's in Arizona, for instance, has access to suddenly customers that are not just, in Arizona. In Arizona. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the that's that connecting uh um, herbs and herbalists with people and people with herbs and herbalists. Yeah. Uh, that's the part, you know, that that foundation hits hits that from the practical herbalist, real herbalism radio, 
the, the Herbal Nerd Society, everything that we've done, accomplished, and put together is just for those connections to make that happen. Um, you know, and that's the why, I guess, for us and, and what we're doing and, and how we can, you know, maybe uh, on the other side of that, you know, and to be the, the, you know, the Americans and capitalists that we are to say, hey, we can do all that and that's what we want to do, but we're going to have a little bit of, we're going to make a little bit of money on that. You know, because as much as I would love to be um, Jeff Bezos rich and just mm-hmm. be altruistic about it, um, we can't. Unfortunately, we um, have to. We have to. We have to make a living like everybody else. You know. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's that thing. You know, so we do what we do because that's and and like your shaman once said, you know, that's that's the energy exchange in our society. It's not, yeah. you know, me bringing a, a pig to you now that you've helped my family. It's I'm bringing my my money to you so you can help, and that's the, yeah. that's our exchange of energy. That's our you know, our value system and how we say, you did a great job here, I'm paying you something. Right. right. Yeah. 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 As we like to say in this area, the electric company doesn't take trade. Right. You know, Just yeah. Especially is. in our area, you know, there's, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times on, on our, on the show that, you know, we live in an area where people are more apt to say, do you want to trade for that? Yeah. We have a strong barter and gig economy here, in this which town, yeah. can work. But like I always say to those people, it's like, yeah, but my bank doesn't want to take a trade on the mortgage. So yeah. trade me the money. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I had to be that that base about it. But, you know, I'm going to take that trade that you've given me and I'm going to use it to do other things like buy local if I can and, you know, go to the local yeah. farmer's markets and do those things that I can keep our community running and moving forward and try to eschew as much as I can with Amazon. Yeah. yeah. And then that's the other thing, too, is I think, you know, with your market is like, you talking to some of the herbalists before we started this was, you know, their frustration was that they couldn't do what they wanted to do uh, because they just couldn't make enough money to do it because their market wasn't big enough. They were, you know, a bobber floating in an ocean. They're bobbing around and they, there's, 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 there's millions and millions of miles between or thousands of miles between them and the next customer maybe. Right. Whereas if they could get into an area where it was a richer pond and, and there was more more fish and more people and more things, you know, they would have a better opportunity to make a living on what they were doing. Yeah. And you're still, you may not be local. You're not buying from herbalists locally, locally, but at least you're buying from an herbalist. From a real person. A real person and not just someone else. And that's the other thing I, I think, you know, that separates, you know, the herb market from other other places is that because of the application process, because of what we do and the interview and the talk, you will meet the herbalist before you even see anything. Mm-hmm. You'll get to see what they ship out. You'll get to see them as we interview them. We talk to them. Um, they they uh, provide a very large application to get into the herb market. It isn't just a, you know, yeah. two <laughs> shakes and you're in. Yeah. I mean, it's it's substantial. And anyone that goes through it, you know, you know the term verified or bona fide. It becomes that yeah, they're we kind of verified them. They're they're doing what they're doing. You know, if they were willing to jump through those hoops, they're they're probably legit. They're not just going to be somebody on there throwing off a bunch of you know herbs that they found on some market on Alibaba. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be something that you know that somebody's built, and that's the important part. It's again connecting those people and and, and the herbs. And in turn, you know, funding everything that we want to do, just like Anna Rosa is connecting, you know, herbs and her people to fund the things that she wants to do and, yeah. you know, is important to her. So that's – so following your bliss and all of that is great if you can, you know, make some money at it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep following it. You know, you made that point. You know, you want to follow your bliss and uh, earlier on in, in your in your career, in your life and and – 
you know, we found a place for you to do that. We said, okay, you know, do that. Hit it hard and, and go follow it. And you did. And, and you gave it a really great effort and great try. And you had some really good um, um, stuff from that, opportunities, but nothing really solidified for you. You're talking about my foray into authorship yes. of fiction? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very good writer. There's no one that, I mean, when, when, when people don't realize that, you know, when we sit down to interview somebody, um, you know, we've, we've read about them or we'll get their book or whatever. And, you know, we'll have a small conversation before we start the interview, maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes. And during that time, it's a mini interview. And, and before you know it, you've written a you know, 50, 60, 80 word, you know, intro and we read it off or I read it off to the, to the person and they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. You just did that. And, mm -hmm. you know, cause that's a talent you have, you know, and, and that's, that's, so you still get to use your, 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 your tool <laughs> and the thing you like to do because you're really good at it and you make it effortless as when, as do when I'm doing something, layout design, you look at me and go, God, you just made it easy. It's just, we have our talents, you know, I right. mean, and that's where we're at. So follow your bliss, but try to get paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do we have an herbal question today? We have an herbs in the news that I want oh, to herbs share. Oh, herbs in the news. Um, the article that we are looking at is out of a magazine, online magazine, called Eat This, Not That. Right. So that article is on eatthis.com, eat this and it's um, by uh, – so the full name of the article is Some Doctors Are Serving This Kind of Tea to Fight COVID-19. It's written by Chrissy Gaspar. I hope I didn't mess that up. And it was published on April 5th, 2021. I'll make sure we have the link for that in the show notes. Right. What intrigued me about that article was the focus that they had on inflammation as being a key marker or sign toward not just whether or not you get symptoms or severe symptoms with COVID, but right. whether or not they progress to the more severe and the dangerous level and how quickly people recover. Right. So in this tea, they're talking about adding turmeric. Yeah, and they they mentioned green tea at the very beginning of the article, which made me really happy because we, <laughs> we just spent all of March talking about the virtues of yeah the benefits of, of Camellia sinensis, which is green tea, but also black and oolong and poor and yellow and white and you know I mean there's so many teas. Yes, I know you're gonna you're gonna be planting tea at our house. Oh, I do have plans. Yes, I apparently you found a grower plans. in Salem, Oregon that has Camellia sinensis starts. So I'm uh -huh. gonna have some new shrubberies. Yes, some tea medicinal tea shrubberies. Medicinal tea shrubberies. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all all versions of tea share a majority of the green tea's virtues. Which is? There's a whole ton of them. But well, what's the main ones? Anti-inflammatory, oh, okay. serving, soothing the ner nervous system without sedating it, so helping it to function better, more smoothly, but not sedating it so that you feel tired. Right. Um, and then they've got some antiviral properties, some anti-illness properties, shall we say. And then certain versions, certain preparations like the oolong teas have a tendency to help speed or support a more healthy running metabolism. Mm -hmm. So they help improve your metabolism, which is why they're often connected to weight loss in popular articles. So... 
anyway, that's that's green tea, and that that's one that has been served to a lot of COVID patients um, worldwide as a preventative and a treatment. It seems treatment like in terms of just helping you not get worse and helping you recover more quickly. And I'm pretty sure, and they're using green tea specifically for most of that, as right. I understand it. Right. And I think that's mainly a focus on the anti-inflammatory elements of green tea, which are strongest in green tea, though there are anti-inflammatory um, virtues or constituents or whatever in all the other teas. Mm -hmm. But green just happens to have the most, most of that. But the one that this particular article I was talking about was turmeric. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of exciting to see turmeric as a tea being you know, promoted for COVID prevention and for lessening symptoms and severity. Yeah, they were saying they have anecdotal evidence, you know, of people um, having a shorter stay yeah. um, because of uh, the tea use. And some people coming in um, where instead of jumping from the mild to severe, stayed at mild. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's no like, you know, like, control study but you know you know right. people you can kind of see what's happening i mean if you have you know if anecdotally if you had a bunch of people that didn't have that and then suddenly you're doing this and you started seeing some changes you know you can say i, I think this might have something to do with it i mean it's how really that's how the science starts starts anyway right you know someone right. will ask that question well does this really work and then they'll run the test yeah and you it's know. exciting to see doctors recognizing because oftentimes doctors don't really take herbal medicine or nutrition I mean, just basic nutrition, seriously. The funny thing here is I think, you know, if you said, if you, if, you know, again, we're teasing doctors a bit. But if you said, you know, well, here, this is this is curcurum. This is a tablet. This uh -huh. is the chemical curcurum. You should prescribe this to your people. They would say, oh, shit, that's great. We'll do that. But if you tell them, here, this is turmeric. You should prescribe this to people. They'd be like, huh? Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that may be, yeah. Again, I, uh, teasing doctors. I get it. A lot of, a lot of you know, know your stuff. I know. And uh, it's great. It's, and, this is, and, and, this, and this is why this works for me, too, because um, in this article, um, uh, Turmeric also has antiviral properties. Yeah. And that's why this doctor, Samantha Nicholson Spence, decided that they were going to try it. Right. And it takes those types of people to think about these things. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're when you're in um when you're in trauma medicine, for instance, or in your yeah. wartime medicine, or you're in things that, that put you in a position where you don't have all the best supplies, you don't have all yeah. the best things, you have to start to think about what can I do to to treat the people that are in front of me, and what do the people around here do, and what's yeah. the what are those um, treatments that locals have been using? Because maybe that's what we need to do right now. Because we had because that's that, what we've got. That's what yeah. we've got. You know, yeah. it comes down to that's what we've got. Yeah. You know, in Jamaica, it probably has quite a bit of turmeric in that area because it's you know it's, it would it's grow tropical there. would grow yeah. there. You know, tea would be easy to get a hold of. You know, so these are great things to try. Yeah. You know, one of the nice things about being in the U.S. is that we have access to all of this stuff because of we have importers and people bring a lot of stuff in. Um, but I think that's really cool that that they decided to try that out. Yeah. Well, turmeric is one of those ones that's a little darling that keeps coming back every few years. We went through the whole couple of years ago there was the everybody was every herbalist under the sun was writing some kind of golden milk or golden chai right recipe everybody right. was everybody all about was on the it, right and then it kind of faded away a little yeah, bit yeah exactly you know? it got quiet you know but, but and i'm expecting this we'll start seeing turmeric come back up into the forefront um and right now it'll probably come back as a treatment for covid but 
our listeners are going to remember, and many people who have been fans of herbs will remember, well, hey, you know, you can take it every day. Right. And and the fact is that if you're balancing, because turmeric's really drying. It's a very drying herb, just like nettle. It's very drying, really good for you. Turmeric has lots of really, you know, important stuff going on. If you're taking it as an everyday preparation, unless you happen to have an incredibly damp constitution naturally, you'll probably want to do something to balance that, which would be why a lot of times you would be using it in a chai or in a milk. Right. And when I'm talking about chai, I'm talking about chai masala, which is, you know, the tea, black tea with spices and milk. Right. And the milk part of it is dampening. Mm-hmm. So you get the balance between the two. So you get a ton of antioxidants and the milk doesn't overwhelm and become create too damp of an environment because the turmeric dries it out a little. So You got me thinking myself that maybe I need to add turmeric to my, to my smoothies. That'd be really easy to do that. Right. Yeah. And when you add turmeric into things, I mean, most of the time what we ought to be doing with it, unless you're actually looking at a, an illness, like if you have COVID, I would take the tea the doctors are recommending. I don't know exactly what that is, but my bet is that it's going to be a tea that has very little other stuff in it, probably a lot of turmeric and maybe a little bit of sweetener to make it palatable mm-hmm. and possibly other some other similar chai type spices. I don't know. Right. But that would be my guess on what they're doing. But if you're talking about like just regular daily, stay healthy, prevent illness, reduce inflammation in your body, then, you know, taking your your turmeric and in food level amounts, you know, having curry, turmeric tur- curry today and tomorrow add, you know, a teaspoon or two to your smoothie. Two might be a lot. It depends on how big the smoothie is. You know? <laughs> the next day, maybe you're making yourself a hot cocoa and add a little bit of turmeric to it. Right. You, know, you don't need tons and you don't need to be taking it, you know, capsules upon capsules. That That's a lot. And unless you've got a problem, you probably don't need that. But taking some every day will help your body reduce inflammation over the longer term mm-hmm. and thus hopefully avoid you even having to go into the doctor with COVID or any other diseases. Right. So uh, aside from um, putting turmeric on it, um, what else can we put on it? <laughs> you know. Oh, wait. What? Oh, no, more, no, more, no. More? Well, yeah. Ah, you, oh, you asked oh. that. One of the things that's so brilliant about turmeric is that the color tells you the antioxidants are present. Turmeric's really bright. I mean, it's in your face with color. It's vibrant. Green tea also, when you look at like matcha, it's it's vibrant it's bright Mm -hmm. the other plants that are also vibrant like blueberries raspberries vibrant bright those all have antioxidants so look for those put those in your diet all right so with that putting herb on it. it The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials 
questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.